What's up, everybody? We're back since the sandbox. Kevin, Steve, we're here to talk a little basketball with you guys. We're, we're going to go over some overvalued NBA players from the 2000s. So, Steve, you want to start us off? Yeah, and coming in with my first one, Kev, I think this one is, is going to be an interesting one because this guy, at one point in time, like people regarded him really high. I don't know your opinions on him, but I have Jermaine O'Neal on here. And Kind of throughout his early part of his career, you know, he was with Portland. He was with Indiana for a long period of time. I mean, people regarded him as a top center, but I feel like he was really overrated because he just didn't really provide, you know, that spark for Indiana to, you know, make the next push. And he wasn't dominant like a Dwight was or like a Shaq was, you know what I mean? And he was trying to play a very similar type of style to to those guys. So I have to have Jermaine O'Neal in here. No, I 100% agree. He's actually one of the guys I have on my list too. And I think you're right. I think, you know, there was a point in his career where people did regard him very highly. And But I mean, I think he's one of those guys that even though he did have a decent career, I think people just expected better from him, but he was still overvalued. I think he was another one of those guys that not only overvalued on the court, but off the court was always getting in stuff. If you remember, he was part of the uh, Malice in the Palace team, and he was just always getting like thrown out of game. Kind of like a Rasheed Wallace type guy, but no, I agree with Jermaine O'Neal. He was on my list as well, so... And Kev, just to stay with another center that I kind of thought was overvalued throughout the 2000s, he kind of came along right right around mid-2000 and played his career in, into the early 2010s, but I still view, you know, his prime play as a 2000s player, and that's Andrew Bynum, you know, he was with the Lakers all the way until right around 2010. And there were periods of time where people regarded him as the best center over Kendrick Perkins at the time, over Dwight Howard, you know, how I feel about him. I never really had the faith in Andrew Bynum, even if he could, you know, put up the points. I just don't think it was done on a consistent basis. And at the time when he was there, you know, Pau Gasol was still there playing the four position at the time. And, you know, Kobe was still the star on his team. I think he got a lot of shine because a lot lot of the defenses were scheming for guys like Kobe you know what I mean so I think Bynum you know he he definitely had times where he was a arguable top center but to think of his name right now we don't we don't regard him as as one of the greats especially to play the center position well that was a good one too he's another guy that people often in other terms hyped up I I put him in the same category as guys like Greg Oden I know he played a lot more seasons than Greg Oden did but in terms of you know coming out of college with that name like he was one of the top guys coming out of college in his class and just injuries and kind of ruined his career honestly but I agree he was overhyped I mean he definitely did show flashes where I think people kind of were like like, all right, maybe this guy is finally going to break out of his shell. And then it was like, boom, right back to another injury. I definitely think he had some badly timed injuries in his career. But at the same time, I think it was just a work ethic with him too. I mean, I think he just thought he was bigger than everyone. Like kind of like a like a Shaq mentality, but you're not Shaq. You know what I mean? Or like a Dwight Howard mentality, but you're not Dwight Howard. And But that was a great one, Steve, honestly. But I'll dive in with a second one. And this is a guy who I feel like a lot of people might kill me for having on this list but I'm going with Jerry Stackhouse I mean Jerry Stackhouse is one of those guys that I feel like in the in the 2000s was really one of the biggest names in basketball and he did have a good career don't get me wrong but I think at the time 
people that posed Jordan era where people were trying to figure out who the next guy was going to be. You know, you had the Kobe Bryant's, you had the Jerry Stackhouse's, guys like that, you know, kind of led their teams at the time. I mean, he was on the Pistons and the Mavericks throughout his career. I, mostly the Pistons was his younger days where he really like dominated. But I don't know. I feel like he's just a guy that back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s was always, you know, on ESPN. I mean, like I said, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he was anything, you know, out of the ordinary. No, Kev, I def hear you. And yeah, his name def was tossed around like that. And that was a really good point about, you know, finding the next Michael Jordan. And we still really didn't know who Kobe was at, at the time yet. We obviously saw, you know, early in the 2000s that they got the three P with Shaq, but Kobe wasn't necessarily like the Kobe that we saw in like 07 later in the 2000s. So there was definitely that divide in search for, you know, the, the next icon. So like I said, that was a good point. But to come in with the next one, another guy that I thought was viewed very similar to how you're talking about Jerry Stackhouse was Stefan Marbury. And we know that he had a lot of success on, on different teams, whether you view his career better on the Wolves, the Nets, the Suns, the Knicks. Obviously, later on in his career, he was with the Celtic. But you know what? I just think that where he was talked about it as being, you know, for his position in the production that he was putting up, I just didn't think that, you know, it, it was really there. We, we saw flashes inconsistently throughout his career. You know, this, this is a guy that was voted to the All-Star game a couple of times, but, you know, he can never really make his team a legitimate contender. And there was multiple points in his career where we definitely thought that, you know, the team was going to make the next push to really be carried by Stefan Marbury, but but that really never occurred. So that's why I have him on this list. That's a good one. And, and I actually had him under consideration for mine, but I, I ended up giving him the benefit of the doubt considering a lot of his prime years were in New York and they're just a horrible organization, you know, kind of like my guy Mel, just kind of, it's it's just, it's an island out there, man. You get stuck and it's really no, there's really no fixing it once you go to the Knicks. It's kind of, you know, that, that can ruin anyone's career. But to hop into another one, this is a guy who was more on the tail end of the 2000s, but a guy who I thought was always a little overhyped too, and that's Josh Smith. And you can say what you want about Josh Smith. I mean, he's another one who had flashes of being really good. And I think, obviously, when he was on the Hawks, that was when, you know, the big three Celtics and everyone were there. And I think, you know, people kind of viewed the Hawks as Josh Smith's team for a while, but I always felt like it was more like either Joe Johnson or Al Horford's team. But, I mean, Josh Smith was just another one of those guys that, wasn't really a great shooter, you know what I mean? He was he was mostly just a a, a dunker primarily, but I, I don't know how I feel about Josh Smith. I just think I just think he was a little overrated at the time. No, nah, Kev, that that's fair, and I I feel like we kind of saw that, you know, when when he became more of not of a member of the Hawks. You know, he he definitely was a very good player at the time when like you already talked about with that Hawks team and Horford was there as well and I'm pretty sure Paul Millsap was down there at, at some point with Josh Smith as well uh, so those were that was a really good Hawks team and they did make a couple of playoff pushes but you know Josh Smith did never uh, materialize especially on the Rockets. I think he was with the Rockets when Harden and Dwight were, were trying to make the push together in Houston. But, you know, he just really could never get his game to, to the next level consistently. I feel like when he was with Atlanta, he was a, a better defender and a more versatile offensive player. And then later in his career, you know, I feel like the shooting didn't really carry over with him to a similar success. But, Kev, I'm going to come in with my next one. And that's Gerald Wallace. I mean, people have mixed opinions about Gerald Wallace. Could be viewed as a very steady and consistent player. 
But, you know, when, when he was playing for the Kings and the Bobcats and he was really, you know, the, the only option on his team, he was putting up some points, you know, to, to keep his name relevant. But I just kind of feel like he was overvalued because he was the only kind of person like on his team. So that's why I kind of go in that direction. I know he did end up playing for the Nets later on in his career when he was with KG and Paul Pierce over there. But I just, I got to have him on this list, YS. I don't mind that pick at all, Steve, honestly. I really don't. I think you're right. I think, you know, when he played on Charlotte, he did kind of not, not get a lot of media coverage, but he was talked about a decent amount, especially for someone on the Bobcats. But again, like you said, I think that's just because he was really the only option on his team and in such a small market. I mean, Gerald Wallace was decent. You know what I mean? He wasn't horrible, but you're right. I think he was overrated. But I'll dive into another one. And and here's a name that a lot of people probably haven't heard in quite some time. Josh Howard. Wow. Now, for those of you, I, I know you remember him, Steve, but for those of you who don't remember Josh Howard, he used to play for the Dallas Mavericks, kind of like you know, early 2000s. He retired in like 2013. So I think he won the championship with them in 2013 when they beat the Heat. Yeah. And then he retired. Yeah. And then he retired the next year. But he was, he was another one who at the time I think was a good fit for his team. You know what I mean? Like he was good for the Mavericks. But I think if, you know, he was on another team, he wouldn't have been as good because you had guys like Dirk. You had guys like Mike Finley. You know, you had Steve Nash for a few years. So I think a lot of defenses kind of left Josh Howard kind not open but you know what I mean like they left them kind of roam and, and forget about them and, and every team has that one guy but I think just the way that that Mavericks team was put together you know he was like he was kind of like he was like a Harrison Barnes on Golden State back in the day like he was like a third fourth option but was a good third fourth option you know what I mean but he was never anything really more than that I def hear you there and, and Kev you know I really like hearing that name and it, that old Mavericks team does give me a, a lot of throwbacks but another name on that Mavericks team that I feel like really worked like hand in hand with each other was Jason Terry. When Jason Terry came in and Howard was out or vice versa, I feel like those two guys really complemented each other. Well, definitely uh, periods of time where, where they were definitely in the lineup together. But you know, I, I just feel like they, they brought like something consistent to that team in, in a very similar way. Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. Uh, and then just coming in with, with my last one, people could feel mixed. Some people might say, oh, this guy shouldn't even be be on this list because he wasn't even that good but that's Amiga Okafor and when he when he was drafted in 2004 to Charlotte uh, I just feel like he he was expected to come in and, and play a, a much bigger role than he actually ends up translated to and we saw later in the 2000s that he did get a stint with the Pelicans but you know I, I just feel like whether that was with Charlotte or New Orleans you know the, the game just never translated to to the player he was supposed to be I mean this was a guy that people had expectations on at least averaging a, a double-double every game. And he just kind of underperformed. And I just feel like the, the hype that was around him, it just didn't add up. That was a rollback right there, Mecca Okafor. I like that one. But but you're right. I think he was another one of those guys that was valued a lot for his athleticism and not really his skill. But obviously, when you get to the NBA, it's kind of an equal playing field, especially in the early to mid-2000s. There was some good centers coming up then. But to wrap it up, I'm going to finish with mine, who I think is arguably maybe the most 
most overrated player of the thousands, and that's my guy, Antoine Walker. I know a lot of people say, no, Antoine Walker was good early in his career, whatever. But to me, it's like most of his career, well, not most of his career, but the last six, seven years of his career, he just, he was always getting injured. He was, he couldn't stay in shape. You know what I mean? He was having trouble outside of basketball, financial trouble and stuff like that. So I think he was very overrated. I mean, that's just my opinion. And growing up, he was on the Celtics in the early 2000s. So I got to see him play firsthand. But he was another one of those guys that I think everyone, like he was like, oh, Antoine Walker, Antoine Walker this, Antoine Walker that, all over ESPN. But was never really anything special to me, honestly, on the court. You know, Antoine Walker, and I feel like if he turned into the player that he was supposed to, I feel like him and Paul Pierce would have really been the core of the Celtics when, when the Celtics were so bad before, you know, that they established the big three. I wish he definitely performed better for the team. But, but I'm also happy that, the Celtics got to where we were with getting KG, Ray Allen, Rondo, and the truth, obviously, winning a championship in 2008. But Kev, that wraps things up for our overvalued players of the 2000s. Make sure you guys are tuning in to hear our undervalued players of the 2010s and the overvalued players of the 2010s. Leave us that five-star review for that Apple podcast. Peace, guys.